The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to Parenthood. Your life does not end here. Hi, I'm Chriselle Lim, mother of two. And I'm Sarah Son, also a mother of two. We are longtime friends and now mothers. This is Being Bumo, a podcast about all things parenting. We want to have honest conversations about motherhood so we can each define it for ourselves. We're here to build our village and we hope that you join us. Hi. Hi, Chris. It's so good to see you again. Oh boy. Oh boy. Sometimes I can't tell if you're being sarcastic or like you are actually happy that I'm here. A little bit of both. Like super happy to see you and spend time with you. But Mm. we've been seeing each other quite a bit. Mm. But I love it. You know. I don't believe you but sure. (laughs) (laughs) I love it because you bring great snacks. We actually have a great snack today. So you guys have to (laughs) wait till you see what it is. I'm obsessed with it. Okay. Anyway. So we are going to continue with our newborn series. Which hopefully is helping out a lot of new parents. And today we are going to be covering the topics of two very important topics. Mm -hmm. Which is milk or breastfeeding. And in my opinion, those are the two hardest things to adjust as new parents. So I want to talk about all the things that you and I didn't expect, the things that worked for us and that didn't work for us. And if you guys missed out on the last episode, we talked about delivery. So please share that episode with any new new moms that are about to give birth or thinking about birth because we we don't hold back. We share exactly what happened to us and what we wish we knew and obviously some positive reinforcement for you guys. So anyways, let's get started with... Why milk? Okay. Because milk, I feel like we're talking about cow's milk, the milk I put in the cereal kind of thing. Why milk? But the milk that comes out of your breast is milk. Well, it's called breast milk. You forgot the breast part of the milk thing. But sometimes... Formula is milk, but it's just called formula. And so, okay, here's my theory. And this is why I call it milk now. Because there's no one word to describe, maybe except for feeding. Like I'm going to feed my child. Because Uh feed can either be breastfeeding or formula. Yeah. My whole thing with only talking about breastfeeding, which obviously is very, very good for your child if you can and if you choose to breastfeed your child. But I have plenty of friends and I have plenty of peers that chose not to breastfeed their child and also couldn't feed their child, breastfeed their child. And so when I think about kind of a word that describes all types of milk, I see all types of way to feed. Mm. It's just milk. And yes, obviously there is cow's milk and your child will eventually (laughs) get to cow's milk probably when they're about like two or three, right? But it's all milk at the end of the day. I see. Milk is what supplies the kid's growth, Mm. whether it's coming from the breast, whether it's formula or eventually cow's milk. And so that's my theory. I love that. I was confused because I immediately went to cow's milk and I was like, no, we're not talking about that today. Yeah. But I, I see what you're saying. So you're saying we are definitely people and we actually made different choices at a certain point. In this, in this category. And so I love that you are using milk to be more inclusive and to help moms understand that as long as your baby is fed and that is the best way that you can feed your baby, mm-hmm. 
one of the hardest things as a new mom is the insecurities of being shamed, right? Mm -hmm. Am I doing this right? What are people going to think about me? I remember specifically because I had a hard time breastfeeding. I did breastfeed my first and we could talk a little bit about our journeys. I did breastfeed both of my kids, but with Chloe, my first, I immediately supplied her with formula. And so I was doing both at Mm -hmm. the same Mm -hmm. time. But I remember when I was out in public, because Mm. in my brain, formula was quote unquote bad Mm. because everyone was talking about breast milk and how that is the way to go. I wouldn't feed her formula in public because Mm. I felt like people were going to look down on me. And as a new mom, I could not let that happen. Right. Right. Also being a public figure, I cannot let people know that I am feeding my child formula. And so I kind of faked it. I didn't mm-hmm. really tell the truth that I was doing both when I had my first child. And it was after I had my second where I was like, wow, I was really like, I was so worried about the opinions of others yeah. that I had to lie to people that I was actually only breastfeeding. Yeah. And I don't want anyone to go through that. I don't want anyone to feel ashamed of choosing to feed your child formula, whether you choose to or whether you just simply can't do it. I think there's a lot of amazing benefits for children to have breast milk. There's tons of studies around that and no one can obviously argue with that. So if you can, I would, and that's what you did with me. It's like, you really, really, really encouraged me. And so I really, really, really wanted to try. And I really did try. And at the end of the day, I just couldn't do it full, like full time. And that was a decision that I made and I should have been proud of it. Right. I should have been like, no, this is what I'm going to do. And I'm okay with it. But I felt embarrassed. Yeah. You know, I love that you are opening up about this because I think it's true. I think even I internalized that. Mm. And I think that's why I pushed myself so hard to do the breastfeeding. Mm. It's because I wasn't going to let let that go. Right. Yeah. Like I we I think we both come from that kind of era where like breast is best and formula is like not bad, but it was like kind of last resort kind of thing, right? Mm. And so I'm glad that you're talking about it and that you are open about it because I do think like we put so much pressure on ourselves to be like this perfect mom from the beginning. And it doesn't matter because as long as your baby is loved and fed, that they're going to be fine. Well, let's let's go a little bit into the breast thing. Like, did you, you said that Chloe didn't latch on kind of naturally. Mm-hmm. What were some of the things and tips that did help her latch? Yeah. So let's talk about, I guess, the specifics of latching and feeding and hours and all of that, because yeah. I think this is mm-hmm. very helpful information for people. Yeah. And then how you transitioned and did like the formula supplementing too. So in my head, okay, this is, we talk about this in the last episode of like Instagram versus reality. Uh-huh. Instagram, in my head, I was like, I am going to fully breastfeed. That's what I'm going to do. That's what everyone does on the internet. Because that's when like everyone was starting to show like all the celebrities, all the influencers were showing like them feeding their baby mm-hmm. on the breast. And it just like… It looks so beautiful looks and peaceful so beautiful and, and their peaceful. hair's brushed out. And yeah. <laughs> exactly. So in my head, that's what I was going to do. I did not develop milk until I think the fifth day. Yeah. So immediately when I had her latch on, she wouldn't latch on. So it took about two, three days for her to actually latch on. And when she did, there's no milk, right? And that's also something that I wasn't aware of. But then the nurse 
that was helping me was I just keep watching her on, just keep watching her on. Eventually, milk will come. Yeah. And so I'm glad that I did that for at least five days. There's no supply there, at least for yeah. five days, maybe teeny tiny drops. But by the fifth day, I remember her being on my boob for a lot longer, basically. Mm-hmm. And that's when I was like, okay, this is working. I'm so glad that I did this. But then I realized that I wasn't, I wasn't producing enough, right? But like, who told you you weren't producing enough? Was the baby crying a lot? Was she, yeah, was she baby like… Yeah, baby was crying a lot. And then by that time I was producing, I was out of the house. Mm-hmm. Or sorry, I was oh, out of the hospital. Of the hospital. Yeah. So I had my kind of ajima, which is like the, the Korean version of like a doula, I guess. Mm-hmm. That yeah. was helping me at home. And she was like, the baby's hungry. Can we put her back on? And then you could tell when a baby's like frustrated because it was like nothing coming out. So I would have her on, but then like she'll just get mad because like nothing was coming out or not as much was coming out. And then that's when my quote unquote doula was like, maybe we should give her a little bit of formula so she's not so hungry, but we'll continue to put her on. Mm -hmm. And so we did that. We introduced her to formula probably within the fifth day because I just wasn't getting her full because she was being very, very fussy. There's always a lot of things like, oh, I could have done this. I could have maybe pushed through and had her push through. So I didn't get her on formula. But it also allowed me to honestly relax a little bit. And so it, so I think we were doing one feeding a day mm-hmm. with formula. So one little mm-hmm. bottle. I forgot how many ounces it was. It was very little. Like one or two. Yeah, yeah. one or two. Mm-hmm. And then that would get her enough for me to produce enough. To get her to the next feeding. Wait, but did this did this lady tell you this? The information you just share right now? Yeah. Like the less you nurse, the more you're going to produce? Oh, no, no. She didn't tell me that. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. I mean, wait, what did she say? Because, okay. Because like, this is my understanding of how supply works. And actually, it's interesting you said like you didn't have breast milk for the first five days. Because actually the first two, maybe five days is a little bit much. But like the first day to three you don't produce mm-hmm. breast milk. You produce colostrum. So like you said, exactly, the baby is starting to suckle to let the body know, hey, there's a baby here. We yeah. need milk. Like, let's produce it. And so it's this like like this relationship between the baby and the body to let the body know that it, it needs to produce milk mm-hmm. because it's a new baby that needs to be fed. So in theory, my understanding is that the more you latch on, the more you will produce. Mm. And I think that's why there is a recommendation to not formula feed the first three to six months if possible because it can interfere with the supply, yeah. which your baby regulates. Yeah. So that's actually really what I wanted to say today was that we create so much stress around breast breastfeeding and we create so much like anxiety and scheduling and like things like that, which there there is like a magical formula if you can get it in breastfeeding. There, it does kind of exist. I don't want to put it in a moment in a, in a place where it's like so unattainable. And like, if you don't do it, it's like a horrible thing. But if you are right now, you know, in that early stage of breastfeeding, in theory, the more the baby latches on, the more the baby is telling the body of the mother mm-hmm. that the baby's here and the baby's hungry. So the body will produce that milk. Yeah. I think what happens sometimes is there are a bunch of other factors like maybe So for me, when you tell me that story, you skipping one full feeding a day is now telling the body Mm -hmm. that that feeding doesn't need to be provided Mm -hmm. for because the baby didn't latch on. So your body actually now doesn't know that that 
feeding needs to be produced. But then now it's pumping too. Yes. The pumping thing, and I don't know, I think people have different views. The thing with the pumping that's slightly different than actually putting the mouth of the baby to the areola, to the breast, is that the plastic on the boob doesn't always translate. Mm. So like the body will produce the milk, but the but the but part of the body doesn't actually know that it produced it. It's kind of mm. weird. I don't know how to explain it. But so that's kind of like the theory that I understand or like what I've heard, you know, mothers should try to do to really... If your goal is to breastfeed more exclusively, is to pump less actually, because then you kind of imbalance the supply a little bit. Mm. Unless you have somebody really coaching you through the whole thing, yeah. Just intuitively, a mother won't. I don't think will understand it. So the simplest way to do it, if you can't have like a lactation consultant next to you, my understanding is to get the baby, you know, latched on as often as the baby wants. And the way we know that is by baby crying, mm. right? like baby fussing, baby being uncomfortable, because those are the ways the babies communicate. Those are their cues to let us know that yeah. they're hungry, right? Or like kind of like the movement of like them opening their their mm -hmm, mouth mm -hmm. um, rapidly. And so I know that there's so much information about breastfeeding, but that kind of is it. Mm. Like if you can, and your goal is to breastfeed exclusively as much as you can, you know, latch the baby as, as often as the baby is requesting, which so it's like this whole concept of baby led, and then the body should respond by producing the milk. Mm. That's kind of like a simplistic, ideal kind of concept. Yeah. So I think the very, I think what I'm getting at is that the very first few days, especially the first week even, is so fundamental to actually setting up that schedule, right? Yeah. And mm -hmm. so… A lot of new moms, myself included, with what was happening with my first daughter, with Chloe, was like, oh my God. And I think this is very, very common. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, she's still crying. She's still hungry. I'm not producing enough. Let's just get her fed because exactly. she needs to be full, yes. right? Because my job as a mom is to get her full and she's crying and fussy. Yeah. And so I think naturally most moms will be like, I don't give, care what it takes. Like, just get her full. Her yeah, yeah, make her happy. Make her comforted again. Yeah. And I think that's where if you start off that way, which I did, then it becomes a little harder and harder and harder to continue to keep up with that demand. Because yeah. as you mentioned, yeah. if you're not putting baby on the breast, then yeah. the body just doesn't know how… It doesn't know that it needs that milk. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's something that no one really talks about. Yeah. At especially the first few weeks yeah. when you're trying to breastfeed. Yeah. There is like this disconnect because the mother does feel like I'm not producing enough. But I don't, I don't know. Again, this is just like from some of the things that I've learned is like, it's not that you're not producing. The baby also cannot take four ounces of milk right now. Yeah. Right. They're like a teeny little thing. All they need is like those little suckles and mm -hmm. that's enough. And that's actually what's sort of creating this, this it's creating like your supply little yeah. by little by little. There's no point of a new mom at week one to produce five ounces of milk. Yeah. The baby can't consume all of that. So again, I, 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 f I always feel so bad about that conversation we had, Chris, because mm -hmm. I did feel like I was so crazy about you making sure that you were set up to breastfeed successfully. And you didn't like, it, it didn't work out in the right way that, that we had, like I initially had wanted for you. And so I, I'm always very cautious now when I share that. But I do think that there is a, actually an easier way to approach breastfeeding, mm. which is, you know, 
remember that you are there. You can be their main provider for mm-hmm. for for milk for supply. I mean, but there are also <laughs> women that just simply can't, right? Yes. Like that really just can't produce. Yes. And so yes. we have to keep that in mind. Like those are probably less common than the women that actually can. Yeah. But there's also women. I actually have a few friends where their kids would not latch on. They had like the, that tongue thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so then all they can really do is put the pump on. Mm-hmm. And so they're pumping. Actually, I'll, I'll say her name because she talks about this openly all the time. Whitney Port, right? Oh, and she okay. has a podcast, an amazing podcast with Dear Media as well. But she talks about this all the time. She was so pressured to breastfeed, which she did. But she was pumping the whole time because her son just wouldn't latch on. Yeah. And so we also have to keep in mind that there are different scenarios for lots of people. But I think the most common one is for moms to immediately think that they're just not producing enough. Exactly. Yeah. I really wanted us to like touch on that. Yeah. Yeah. So like for moms, of course, if you have a special medical thing, that's like a whole other thing. I don't, you know, that's like a a different thing, a different approach. But I think from, like you say, most moms not to get so scared or like, worry that they're not going to produce enough. That's like this whole concept of like the baby's head's going to be too big. Like, yeah, there's like this weird concept that like some babies, their heads are too big and like the, the mom can't deliver the baby. Huh. And I guess there there could be some very special cases. Yeah. But that's like, yeah, most babies are going to be able to like be delivered, you know, so. Yeah, just to not be too worried that they're not going to produce. Because mm-hmm. again, you don't, you're not supposed to be producing 20 ounces mm-hmm. right off the bat. Yeah. And like, just take your time. And actually, the baby is the best indicator of how much supply you need. And every time the baby fusses, if you try to latch on the baby, they will be this like symbiotic relationship between the baby and the supply. And it will, you know, it will be like a good starting point. It's pretty incredible to think that what your body naturally knows to do mm-hmm. when it senses the baby. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That's pretty crazy to me. This, the science behind your body, that's just bizarre. <laughs> it's crazy. And actually, it's funny that you say that because I didn't have that. So with my first, I had a very difficult experience. Like I had mastitis through the thing and like- Oh my God, we need to talk about that because I got <gasps> mastitis too. Mastitis was the well, worst. we'll talk about that in a second because okay. that is something I did not know, which I wish I knew. So, okay. okay. Yeah. What was my point? My point was- because you talked earlier about how you thought like breastfeeding was going to be very natural. Like the baby was just going to like snuggle in there and like find the nipple and like suckle away. Right. But I did have that with my second baby. Meaning like my point is there is something very natural about breastfeeding. Uh-huh. Okay. So like, yes, there are difficulties, but I hope mothers know that it is a natural part of the, of the birthing process. And okay, this is what worked. I would hold the baby just like in like a, I don't know what you call it, like a cradling position, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of like that. And she did, with her eyes closed, find the nipple. Wow. Without me like putting her on, even like trying. The thing is like, it's almost like we need to try less and think mm. less about like this and that technique and this schedule and just kind of be yeah, and do a lot of skin to skin. And then the baby kind of, she did wiggle her head around and find my nipple with her eyes closed and then latched herself onto my nipple. It's on like, day, like on day where did one. you learn that? Where did you learn? How did you know how to do that? What YouTube video did I you know. watch? Were you watching YouTube in my belly? <laughs> I am so excited to introduce Jelly Drops to our Bumo community. Jelly Drops are semi-cured gel nail strips. 
with Jelly Drops, you can apply gorgeous gel nails at home. They are made from real gel polish strips and cured 60%. They come with a variety of nail shape sizes per package. You can pick the size that matches your finger, apply, file the edges, cure under the UV light, and apply a gel top coat. This cutting-edge technology originated from South Korea with gorgeous on-trend designs. It's convenient and mess-free, so apply anytime, anywhere. They are easy to put on and easy to take off. The nail comes off with minimal to no damage. No need to soak or file off the layers like with wet gel polish. Instead, you can just add a few drops of removal serum and gently pop it off. Each gel set costs between $12 to $20, so it's very affordable in my opinion, and you end up with a flawless finish with nice dome shapes and clean edges. I started using jelly drops during the pandemic because I couldn't go to the salon, and it was a way for me to practice self-care during that time, and now I continue to use them and even do them with my daughter once in a while. I love them. So if you want to try them, and I think you should. They are more than pretty nails. It's like spending time on yourself and just giving yourself a little treat. Check them out. User code BUMO, B-U-M-O at checkout for 15% off your first purchase at jellydrop.com. That's G-E-L-L-Y-D-R-O-P-S.com. Are you going on date after date and still not finding the one or getting a text back? Well, you're probably doing something wrong. And I am here to tell you exactly what that is. I'm Lindsay Metzlar and I host We Met at Acme. It's a dating podcast that gives you all the rules and guidelines that you need to date successfully. Hey, it worked for me and now I'm married. So you really should give it a listen if you haven't already. And you can also hear the horrors of dating. Everything that you want to hear is in We Met at Acme. So check it out. And like you say, it's so amazing how a lot of this, if we can kind of peel off the stress and the anxiety and the worry and like a lot of the crazy things that we do to ourselves, some of it can be pretty natural Mm -hmm. and intuitive. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. I think breastfeeding should be intuitive. I think because people know that when it doesn't work out that way, they become very frustrated. And then that adds onto the layer of not producing enough because you're stressed out. It all kind of, it's like a full 360. It's like the minute that the body knows that it's a little stressed out, the body doesn't want to produce. And then your baby gets frustrated. And then you go on to uh, feeding a little bit of formula to get your baby. And then it's just like this never ending Mm -hmm. cycle. So Mm -hmm. It's really important if you are planning to exclusively breastfeed. Or at least want to. Or try. want to yeah. try. Then you understand that the very first few weeks is really, really important. Yeah. And not to be discouraged by yeah. kind of the realities of it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I yeah. love that. Yeah. And for… And I'll speak to the moms that do decide to actually just do formula immediately right off the bat. I actually know quite a bit of moms that do that because they are working moms, that because they are business owners and they just really don't have any other choice. I think we talked about like you and I were formula fed fully. Yes. And I think our entire generation was formula fed. It was until we became parents, everyone was like, breast is best. (laughs) Don't do formula. Formula is going to kill your baby. It's not. We're still alive. We're fine. (laughs) We're thriving. I'm 
yeah, your kid will be fine if yeah. she's, he or she is formula fed. Exactly. And so with Chloe, I did breastfeed 50-50 with formula and obviously my breast milk for six months. And after six months, I did fully formula with Colette even less. And I'm just sharing my story so people understand that whatever choice you decide to make is totally fine. Yeah. I breastfed 50% with Colette as well, half the time and then half uh, formula formula and breast milk for three months. And then after three months, I did full, full formula. The reason that I decided to do that with Colette, I probably could have gone a little longer, but I had to go back to work. And I stressed myself out so, so much with Chloe. I remember traveling to New York because I travel a lot for that's part of my job and what I do. I remember just being so stressed out because I would be pumping at literally every like in the taxi cab in the public restroom. And it just got to a point where it was a fun experience. But I'm like, I am not going to do that (laughs) ever again. Because I mean, it's too much. It was too much to me. And I was so stressed out. And I didn't enjoy it. I didn't enjoy being a new mom because of that. And so with my second, I made a decision of, okay, I'm going to enjoy it this time. I'm going to love being a new mom. But that also means that I'm not going to breastfeed for longer than three months because I have to get back to work after three months. And I know that if I continue to breastfeed after three months, I'm just not going to enjoy it anymore. I'm going to kind of be a little negative towards my situation. And I don't want to feel that way. I agree. I don't think, I mean, I think you made the right choice. I don't think it should cost all of the stress to breastfeed. I, it's funny you say it because I did try to formula feed the the kids too. I found formula feeding more stressful, to be Mm. honest. It is actually more work. It's so much more work. It's more expensive. You have to clean the bottles. You have to like make sure it's warm. Like there's so much more to think about, whereas the boob is just like right there and you can pop it out anytime. So it's funny how like for you, like it was backwards for us, yeah. you know? Yeah. Well, I so think it, it, it's really, and you guys have to listen to our uh, stay-at-home mom versus oh, yeah. working mom <laughs> episode. I think we should do a second uh, kind of like following up series mm-hmm. or episode with that because we talk about the differences. And I think that is one of the biggest difference yeah. is that at the end of the day, if your child is next to you, it will always be easier to just pop them on the boob, right? Yes. Because it's just literally the mouth to the boob. Right there. You're it's done. always clean. It's clean. I always freaked out with the bottle nipples that they were dirty. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But then if you are not with your baby, yeah. right, and you decide that you're going to continue to feed them breast milk, it's a lot then of don't work. do it. Because... <laughs> You have to bring the pump. You have to sanitize the pump. You have to clean. You have to bring the like. A little refrigerator or something. Like where were you keeping the stuff you were pumping? I would literally express mail my frozen milk from New York to LA because I did not want to travel with it on the airplane Mm -hmm. because because I would have to take it through the security Mm -hmm. and usually they would open everything up Mm -hmm. and like test. And I'm like, it just gets dirty and weird at that point. So much work. So I would express mail it back home it's and you are right it is way more work to pump or even formula feed because of the bottle like you have to sanitize everything and all of that so but again that's a difference of like if you're actually with your baby all the time or not yeah and so you guys just have to you are amazing like the fact that you so you would go to new york pump at random things like at the cab or like between shows and then package it 
and ship it across the country? Yes. And I, I was in that in Paris too. <laughs> like literally it would be like package, but there was a service. I forgot <gasps> what the service is called. Yeah, there's an actual breast uh, milk delivery service no, where, stop. where they actually know how to package it. They know how to freeze it. And you know, like when you get juice delivered to your house, like fresh uh-huh. juice, yes, like uh-huh. a press juicery and they have it like with a dry ice and all. Yeah. It's basically like that. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. insane. I mean, but, working moms, that's that's amazing. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think everyone is fully aware of the benefits of breast milk. But I'm here to say that if you choose not to, your child will be fine. They'll be fine. They'll and totally be our fine. kids are now older and they're all fine. They're all fine. And all they want to eat is chicken tenders anyway. So... I know. So no big deal. <laughs> no difference. <laughs> You're like, wait. I mean, I don't think it's going to make them smarter or like <laughs> faster run like a faster runner or like no. I, I mean it's it just to keep them healthier mm-hmm. I, I think if anything I think it really eases the mom just being able to give your child the best thing and I think a lot of people always put breast milk as like the yeah you know the yeah. gold medal and everything is kind of below that but it might be in the sense of the, the bonding and like yes. the time together. Yeah. Did you enjoy, is there something about breastfeeding you did enjoy or was it mostly like pretty much all kind of negative? Well, yeah, no, actually when she did latch on and she was feeding on my breast and I would look down at her, like just those moments were so precious and Sweet. you're just like, oh, this is beautiful. And there are those moments when you're just like, oh, this is exactly how I imagined it to be, right? Mm -hmm. And so there were those moments. And I will always remember those moments. So yeah, how about you? I just remember this one moment. I feel really proud of myself. You remember the ergo? I don't know if that's a popular thing anymore, but it's a baby carrier, right? And I remember like I would sit her facing me and she was at that age. Now she's like maybe like six months. Uh So she's like, we're chest to chest. And I would just like walk and then, pop up my my t-shirt and she would just like latch on <laughs> i mean Best. it's like it was nope. it was like a true meal on the go on the go like i would go on my walk she was on my baby carrier i could tell she was kind of fussier looking around it's like she was finally kind of falling asleep and just needed like that extra nudge i would just lift up my t-shirt she would suckle a few seconds and fall asleep i don't know Talk it about was efficiency the best. <laughs> the best because it's like you got your walk in. <laughs> she got her little she nap got her in. Nap in. She's fed. No one knows. No one knows. Oh. Maybe the runner next to me, but um, I mean, who cares? Yeah, no, of course. I mean, um. okay, guys. I thought we would be able to cover sleep, but we we're already out of time. Oh, really? Okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, we really got into this topic but okay we're not done yet we're not done (laughs) we're not done there's so much i feel like we could do a part two with breastfeeding yeah mastitis we need to talk about mastitis (sighs) because again we don't want to scare you guys but i think knowledge is power and i think having some information around this is well how not to get mastitis how How not to get mastitis is very very important because mastitis is Probably one of the most painful things that I have endured. And I I tolerate pain. I mean, I thought this was more painful than labor. I remember you saying that to me. And I I can agree. Okay, so what is mastitis? Mastitis, according to this side, says it's a painful infection. So it actually is an infection of the breast tissue. Possible causes are a blocked milk duct or bacteria entering the breast. It usually occurs within the first three months of breastfeeding. 
Mm. So it is a, it is an infection. How did it feel like to you? Can you describe it? Well, my boobs were rock solid mm. hard. It was just my, I think it was my right. So my one breast was so rock solid hard. I, no one could come near me because the minute that it slightly touches something, it would just burst into pain. Like it felt like it was going to explode. It was on fire. And it, and I almost felt like no one even had to touch me. Like if it sensed like body heat, it would just like flame up. And it's one of those things where there's really nothing you can do once you have it. I mean, obviously you could try to massage it down, but that's very, very painful. So painful. And you could also put like warm towels to kind of try to soften it. Yeah. But it is a bacteria. So you kind of have to, mine got really bad. So I had, I had to take antibiotics, oh, yeah. which also did affect my mm, milk supply. supply. And as I mentioned earlier, it's a whole 360. Everything is connected. So the minute that you get mastitis, it's going to be really hard mm. to, and I'm not saying it's impossible, but going back to your normal supply yeah. is going to be hard. Yeah. So for me, I only, that completely dried me out on my right boob. So I was only breastfeeding. Forever? Well, remember with Chloe, I only did it for six months. Oh yeah, but for the whole six months? So no, I got it three months in. Mm -hmm. And during the third, after the third month, I was only feeding from my left because it dried out my right side. Oh, yes. That's painful. Yeah. So oh. you guys just have to keep that in mind. But were, were you able to recover from mastitis? I did. I did recover from mastitis. I had, I did the hot and warm compress to kind of alleviate it. One thing that I remember that helped a lot was I would jump in the, in the shower. So the shower would like kind of help release. So like as you let water kind of trickle through the infected breast, kind of like it trickles and it like massages and the warm heat kind of like opened up mm. the thing. But it was incredibly painful. And you're right. I, I, I couldn't put baby on the breast. So I would pump those few days. Oh, that wasn't painful. It was oh. so horrible because it's literally like I could feel the milk coming through my ducts, but it wouldn't come out. But it wouldn't come out. But it's like there's this pressure on the boob and it's like burning the entire time. Burning. burning. I don't, I think I slept like sitting up for three days. Yeah. I could not even lay down on my back. And you get chills <sighs> and you're sweating. Yeah. It is one of the worst, was, worst pains I've ever funny. experienced. Okay. Let's talk about how, how not to get not it. To get it. <laughs> yes. Because I think a lot of people actually do get it. Yeah. So. Okay. It says right here, air dry your nipples after each breastfeeding session. Actually, really important. Mm. So you breastfeed and sometimes there's like milk kind of like hanging, hanging on. on and you kind of want to clean that out. Mm. You don't want to leave it and put on your bra and then go work out and then there's sweat and like who knows. Mm -hmm. um, and then use a lanolin-based cream to kind of to cover the nipple and just keep them moist. Healthy foods, drink plenty of fluids, get plenty of rest. Okay, but one of the main causes of getting mastitis is also oversupply. Yes. Pumping. Pumping. Yes. Yep. And yeah. so you guys have to be really careful about that because as Sarah was mentioning earlier, when you are just having the baby on your boob, it regulates exactly the amount that they need. Yeah. Right. But yeah. once you start getting into the place of pumping, which might be necessary, especially if you're going back to work and you, you need to keep up that supply, you might start producing more yeah. than your body can handle and more than what the baby needs. And that's when 
the the blockage of whatever the milk, the milk starts happening. The yeah. ducks get all messed up, and, and it's actually, actually pumping. And the ducks, because of the pumping, the pumps. Now I think they make them a little bit better, where there's kind of levels, like uh-huh. soft, medium, and and fast. But sometimes the older pumps, they just had like one setting, and they were really hard on the ducks. Oh my god! You guys, the, the babies the don't medical, suckle that hard. The medical grade. Okay, I have to say that the medical grade. Uh, hospital pumps, pumps, which is what most people use. I forgot what it's called, but Medella. it's like the, yes, yes Medella. I, uh-huh. I think it is the strongest, which yeah. obviously some people like because it does take a lot out. But you do have to be careful with that. I realized that, and this was with my second. There are newer pumps yep. that are actually a lot more gentle. gentle. Right. It might be a little bit more frustrating to use if you are used to the Medela because that's how it was for me. I was like, this is not strong enough. Yeah. Why is it so soft? But I actually use the LV, which is great for working moms because mm-hmm. you just put it in. You literally stuff it in your bra uh-huh. and it's wireless. Okay. And so, and they have these cups that holds it in. Uh-huh. And so you could be working. You could Stop. be how, in meetings. Why, where's the motor? It's Bluetooth. Everything's Bluetooth. Yeah. And so the the cups are inside. They're built inside the actual device. device. Uh And so you could just go about your day. A lot of working moms do this. And I think some companies actually provide it for their working moms, which I think is great. So you could be in meetings. (laughs) Your boobs might be a little protruding out of your shirt because they're a little bulky. But no noise. It's quiet. No, no, no noise at all. And it's so much more efficient. Okay. And gentler. And way more gentler, yeah. but also it does take longer than like your typical medella, which is like shh, 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 and it, it just oh. gets it all out. Love that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I, I, you're absolutely right. It's like the overproducing that then causes mm-hmm. the mastitis. Yeah. That is so cool that they have pumps like that these days. Yeah. Wait, what's the brand that you mentioned that makes uh, There's LV. There's there's a bunch of other ones too that just came out. Not just. It's been out in the market for a while. But LV is the one that I use. They're hands-free, hand-free pumps. Okay. Yeah. I also did it because I used to commute a lot with the long drives. And I would just pop them in with for my hour drive and I would have milk. Okay. So it was great. So, okay. I hope that… We didn't scare you guys too much. <laughs> I feel like we could still do a part two about milk because okay. there's what just so much of it. But yeah. let's stop here. I think, you know, this episode is long enough. We will cover sleep in the next one. Yeah. I think sleep is also just as important and also can be equally as frustrating if you don't get it down right in the yeah. first few weeks. And it does take a lot longer than that, like months. Yeah. So... We'll be talking about sleep next. Both Sarah and I have different thoughts on sleep training. And we'll talk about that. Yeah. And yeah. And happy feeding baby. Happy feeding baby. Happy milk baby. <laughs> happy milk baby. <laughs> I love that you're touching your, your breast. You know while what? You're when you said that. mastitis, I got like <laughs> PTSD. And now I'm massaging my breast because that pain. I will never forget that pain. Never, ever. And the veins, like, do you remember the veins start to get pop crazy? out? Yeah, they just pop I know. out. It's crazy. Okay, guys. Well, hopefully, no one will get besides after listening to this. Send us kind of your thoughts, concerns. If you guys are about to have a new baby, have a baby, and maybe even share some of your stories, we would love to share yeah. it with our audience as yes, well. Please do share your stories about how you're feeding your baby and how your your journey has been. 
All right, guys. We will see you next week. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. We want to keep this conversation going with you. So please leave us a DM on Instagram and make sure to follow us and subscribe to our podcast. And we would love it if you left us a review. Also, if you're in the Los Angeles area, make sure to visit us at Bumo Work at Westfield Century City Shopping Center. And if you're looking for educational-based content entertainment for your little ones, visit us at www.bumobrain.com or at Bumo Brain on Instagram. 